0: Welcome to the How to Win at Life podcast. My name is Toby Strong, and I'm going to give you maximum value in the shortest possible time to help you win at life. Here we go. I went to this digital marketing conference about four years ago, and I heard a speaker who I respect a lot say, find what you're great at, triple down on it, and ignore everything else. And I've been hearing a lot of similar statements from other marketing and self-development gurus, all using a slightly different play on words like find your superpower or your zone of genius or unique ability. Basically, what they were all saying was focus on our strengths and ignore our weaknesses. Because if we put the same amount of time and energy into improving both, there's going to be a higher return on investment from the strengths. At the time, I was deep into running Facebook ads for our online coffee brand called Urban Brew, and I was probably unhealthily addicted to it, to be honest. I love the creativity of making ads, but also the technical side of optimising these audiences and making small tweaks each day, which would improve the performance of our ads. Now, there are a lot of technical aspects to running Facebook ads, but what it basically boils down to is that for every dollar that I give Facebook, how much sales revenue can I generate? As in, if I spend a dollar, can I get back $1.50, $2, or maybe $3? It can become quite addictive, almost like a casino. And I know this because I'd often prefer to spend Friday and Saturday night at home optimizing our Facebook ads over going out and socializing. On the flip side, I've always struggled managing and working with other people. Like I'm just a bit of a lone wolf. And I'm not necessarily bad with people. I'm just naturally introverted, which means spending too much time with people can really drain my energy. Whereas my business partner, he loves a good chat. He'll pull up a chair and happily chat with any one of our team members for like an hour each. So I decided at the time that David, my business partner, is our people person. He can tick that box. And I can put 100% of my energy into growing our business by focusing on sales and marketing. And I did. And it felt great at the time. I was following the advice of a lot of people who were much smarter than me. And both David and I were both playing into our strengths. And the business was growing rapidly. But. An unintended consequence of this is that I actually became really reclusive and I was often sitting in my office with the door closed and I just wasn't communicating well with our team. And because in my head, David had that covered and it probably wouldn't have been so bad if I did a decent job of communicating my plan with everyone, but I view this as spending time on my weakness which would take away from me spending time on my strengths. So I didn't. This went on for about six months before David came to me one day and said that a few of our key team members weren't happy and were considering leaving the business because of me. And I was absolutely shocked. Like I'd just been focusing on sales and marketing. What could have I possibly done to upset people? Well, it turned out that ignoring the people part of our business which I viewed at the time as my weakness, had far more of a negative impact than I realised. And of course, reflecting on it now, and probably for you listening to this, it seems so obvious, right? People are the most important part of every organisation. But as a business owner, sometimes you just get overwhelmed juggling so many different responsibilities that you sort of lose your way and, and veer off track sometimes. In this situation, I was just so incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by amazing people who helped me get back on the right path. And my lesson was that we can't just blindly follow the statements of others, no matter how much we respect them, because we all have such different lives and what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. But don't get me wrong, like it's still great to listen to those we admire and learn from them, But if we're making big changes in our life, we need to be careful about unintended consequences. From this experience and a few others like it, I ended up stumbling across the concept of counter goals and anti goals. And I'll explain a little bit about each because they're both a bit different. A counter goal is something that we do in the process of goal setting, and it's about having awareness around the fact that putting so much of our time and energy into this new goal we're considering there may be unintended consequences. So it's worth having to think about this and potentially creating a second goal, which helps to balance and minimize any negative impact from the first goal. An example of this is that I've set a goal to have a six pack on my 40th birthday, which is in July this year. And I've been utilizing intermittent fasting and keto to help me achieve this goal. And it's been going pretty well. I've lost about 15 kilos over the last year. But in the process, I've lost quite a bit of muscle mass as well, which isn't good. So what I should have done was set my goal for the six pack, but also set a counter goal to maintain muscle mass at a certain level. Now, sometimes the unintended consequences aren't obvious in the beginning and we learn them like a little bit further down the path as I have just done. And that's okay. Like none of us are perfect. What's important is having awareness around this concept and correcting it as soon as we can, which I've now done. As for anti-goals, the idea behind this is that instead of thinking about what we want in our lives and what we want to achieve, we think about what we want to avoid in our life and set some goals around this. An example of this is that I have an anti-drama goal. I check in on it every week, and if there's no unnecessary drama in my life, it gets filled in with green. Or if there is unnecessary drama in my life, It gets filled in with orange or red, depending on the severity of the drama. And I write down a note about what the drama actually relates to, which helps me to identify patterns over time and make adjustments to my life to improve this goal. Now, just to be clear, this isn't so much about avoiding drama in the moment. Like sometimes that's just outside of our control. It's more about building awareness around what or who is causing the most drama in my life and then slowly filtering that out over time. And if you want to explore anti-goals further, which I highly recommend, I've included a link in the show notes to an amazing article about this. If you only take one thing away from this episode, I suggest checking out that article and create an anti-goal of your own. It's made a huge improvement to my life. In other news, I've now had surgery on my knee after breaking it, and I'm slowly recovering. They ended up having to put a plate and seven screws into my knee to put it back together. And I'm now in a big leg brace and on crutches for six weeks. And it's as awkward and frustrating as you could possibly imagine it to be. I keep telling my six-year-old that I'm now a bionic man, but he doesn't seem to be very convinced. Anyway, the positive is that I've now got plenty of time to work on future episodes of this podcast. Be well. See ya.